Hey, my name is Yolanda and welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. Tune in each week as I speak frankly about life experiences from my perspective and offer you a bit of unsolicited advice. Let's take a little time to laugh, to think, and to cry as we tackle some serious topics and some not so serious topics. Be sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. What's going on, y'all? I am back with part two of my little mini series on sexual abuse, and we're going to extend it and talk a little bit about date rape this time. So I don't know. um, Hopefully you guys listened to the first part and I stopped or left off at the last uh, boyfriend that I had around 14 that kind of disappeared on me and that I started to date a guy that was a bit abusive. And so we're going to pick up there. So I was still probably about a freshman in high school at the time. And I started dating this kind of like a guy from the neighborhood. He would just kind of come through every now and then. And, um, you know, he gave me his number We or we exchanged numbers and I started talking to him. I want to say he was probably around 23 or 24. And like I said, I think I was about a freshman in high school. And so he would come pick me up. Sometimes I would hang out with him. He, I'm just going to be honest, he was um, a drug dealer. So it was always at a trap house or something he was posted up at. But um, that's where we would meet and hang out at. And, and I also would cut school to go see him. And when I say, you know, abusive, I mean, like verbally, like cursing me out. Um, The physical abuse maybe started more so when um, he would like put his hand around my neck, you know, strong arm me when I was saying something he didn't like, squeeze my face, you know, it started with those little, little things. And so I remember specifically one incident that really was kind of the straw for me. It was he had called one morning and he said, you know, don't go to school. I'll get a cab to come pick you up from the bus stop. And, you know, back then, well, you know, there was no Uber and I don't live in it. I'm down South. We don't have a bus and, you know, trains. So he sent a cab to come pick me up. So I let the bus go. The cab picked me up. And for whatever reason, I guess instructed by him, the cab didn't take me directly to the house they dropped me off at the front of the street. And so I had to walk, which wasn't a lot. It was like from a stop sign, maybe, you know, a couple of feet to the house. But as I was walking towards the house, there was a woman walking from the house. So she stopped me and she said, are you going to see, you know, what's his name? And I said, yeah. She said, well, you look like a young girl. And this was, I could tell a grown woman. And she said, you know, I don't know why you're in school. You should be in school. You shouldn't be coming to see him. I just want you to know that I just left his house. I spent the night all night. So what type of man would want you to come over the next day after um, me, you know, I'm me just leaving, you know, what kind of guy is that? And so, you know, I was livid, you know, so normally if if I'm coming over to whatever the, the door is usually open so I just walked in the house and I went immediately to the bedroom and he was in the bed as if she literally just rolled over and you know got out the bed so it you, it was obvious that he hadn't showered he hadn't like you know done anything she rolled out the bed to leave and I was coming in the bed so I immediately you know started just 
cussing and uh, those type of things. And so it was just bad. And he looked at me and was like, you know, shut the hell up you know, come here, sit down. So I came and I sat down and immediately I noticed that he had these boxes of needles. And I know, you know, that he had some, you know, like physical ailments, but the needles were a little weird. And while he, he and I were arguing about the incident, he stuck himself in the thigh with the needle. I later found out that he was taking penicillin shots with his nasty ass, <laughs> you know, I guess after he would have all, you know, sex with all these women. But anyway, that's what I learned that that was later. So anyway, um, I told him, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be here with you. I don't want to have sex with you. You know, that's nasty. You just laid up with her and now you want to lay up with me. So he, again, I told you he was a drug dealer. So he had a gun next on the nightstand and I guess it wasn't loaded. So he grabbed a, uh, one bullet out of the drawer and he lifted it up and pointed it towards me and, you know, put it in my face. And he was like, you see this? This bullet got your name on it. If you say one more goddamn word. And he put the bullet in the gun and he cocked it. And he said, now shut the fuck up. And so I shut up. And then, you know, he immediately, you know, went in to try to have sex. So, of course, I'm I'm fighting it. I'm saying no. Now, keep in mind, I had already experienced rape. And so this wasn't that type of situation only. I mean, it was he was forcing himself on me, but it was someone that I had already had sex with that I was familiar with that I went over there to have sex with and that I was comfortable with. However, in that moment, I was done and I didn't want to. So, yes, I was no saying no, saying no, pulling away, you know, physically just kind of pushing him away. However, no, I wasn't screaming or yelling, but, you know, he 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 took it. He forced himself. And of course, you know, we had sex. Now, my mind at that time about it, I didn't understand or know the concept of date rape. What I felt like was, you know, I had gone over there for that. I was just a little mad. And this was like a makeup type of of sex. And that's what he wanted to try to do with me. Uh, But I felt really bad, of course, during and after because it wasn't something that I wanted to do. And so when it was all done, you know, I had to stay there because I wasn't of driving age, nor did I have a license or knew any friends and cell phones wasn't a thing. So nobody could come like pick me up. So I had to wait until he was ready for me to go. But that was uh, the straw for me. And the last time I kind of met up with him, he would call to try to link up with me. But after that, I just didn't want any more involvement because I just didn't like how it went down. And the whole idea of he and I, you know, going through that. So moving forward, I continued to date older men, but these guys, you know, at this point I was getting older. So the age range for, range for the guys kind of stayed the same. They were still like in their early twenties. And I, you know, was now becoming like 15, you know, and at the time that I turned 15, I, I began to party a lot. Um, my cousin lived next door to a girl who was dating or a lady, I should say, who was dating a DJ. And, um, you know, we used to watch her kids. And, you know, at this point we had kids. And so she one night she was just like, you know, I'm going to the club. Do you all want to come? And so I was her dad said that we could, you know, stay over there. So he didn't know we were going out to a club. He just knew that we were spending the night to her her house, which was like right next door. I mean, you could take like five steps and it would be next door. So it wasn't a big deal. So we went to like this hole in the wall club out in the country and we got in, of course, super early because we're there with the DJ. And so, um, you know, I started to meet guys there because that's, you know, where I was going and hanging out at the time. And so, 
you know, meeting guys at the club and and linking up with them just became something that um, and when I say link up, I don't mean like, OK, I left with them that night. Now, I'm not saying that that didn't happen sometime, but I'm just saying at that point, it was just meeting up and linking as if, OK, we exchanged numbers. And now next week you call and say, I want you to come down here. I want to see you. But I remember one particular night we were partying and I wanted to go home that night. When I say home, I probably lived maybe from where we were partying maybe about 20 minutes away, but we're talking about dark country roads. We're not talking about like city driving. So um, I didn't want to stay at the house where my cousin and her current boyfriend was. Um, But my daughter was over at her boyfriend's house and I had to go get her. But this guy I met, he seemed really nice. Uh, My cousin's boyfriend said he knew him and he seemed like a cool guy. He said, hey, I'll take you home. So, you know, but that was earlier that night at the club. And so when we went when it got later that night, you know, he said, okay, you ready? But I noticed he was extremely drunk and he's like, well, let me just go to my house and just kind of, you know, rest a little bit to get some of this alcohol off me. Well, that I never went home. Um, and I had my daughter with me. So that was very scary. We sat on the couch, you know, just waiting for him to like take us home. And he just got like, really really angry and started like stomping the floor and was venting about something and I can't remember verbatim exactly what he was saying but you know it wasn't about me it was just like you know they trying to play me you know these mfs you know blah 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 all this other stuff and so you know I was getting scared but you know I didn't have anybody to call you know he had a telephone phone but I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't feel safe. I didn't know what he was going to do. So, you know, I laid my daughter on the couch because she was asleep at that point. And um, I went in the room where he was. And I only did that because I didn't want what he was doing to disturb her and her to wake up to see the strange, be in the strange place with the strange guy. And so I went back to his room and he's just in there cursing and cursing and cursing and yelling. And so, you know, again, of course, he started to you know, come on to me sexually. I, of course, rejected. And it led into a, you know, physical just kind of tussle of no, no, no. I wasn't loud. I wasn't trying to wake my daughter up. And at some point, I just let it happen because I just didn't want to have that type of disturbance. And so, you know, for me, it was just a reminder of, you know, what had already happened. And I just felt like, why do I keep putting myself in these situations? And it was just something that I, I, I didn't know if it, I was causing it. Was it something that I, you know, I wasn't standing up for myself? I just didn't know. So, of course, he slept it off. And then that next morning, he was a totally different person. And he was very apologetic. And he took us home. And, of course, I never heard from him again, nor did I want to see him again after that. And, you know, fast forward. You know, um, I ended up, I think on another episode about toxic relationships, I told you all about um, this guy that I started dating when I was um, in in a senior in school. And so right around before that, when I got kicked out around 17 and um, I ended up living with this woman and I met her through uh, her son and her nephew, me and my homegirl met them at a store and she had just moved to the city. Um, and she, you know, wanted to hang out with some people. Yes, we're young girls, but she was, you know, young spirited. So she was old enough to be our mom, but she wanted to hang out with us. So her sons were, and her nephew was only there to help her move to the town where we live. And so, 
they went back home. But after that, she said, don't lose contact, you know, keep up with us. Long and short, I ended up moving up in with this lady. And a little while after moving in with her, I learned that she um, was a recovering addict. And I didn't know that at the time. But when she relapsed is when she confessed that she had struggled with addiction to crack cocaine for a very long time. And so she had confessed that and she was crying one night. And then that's what the first time that she lit up in front of me. And um, so I was living with her and I was dependent on her. So she was how I ate, how I got to school. Um, you know, kind of everything. She was, you know, my parent and my friend, I guess you could say at the time. And we also partied together. So I would get myself in a lot of situations with her because she was fiending for her drugs. And so we were going out and she met some guy that could provide that for her. Nothing else mattered to her, not getting home, not me. And at this point I could drive, but she didn't want that. And, you know, So I would end up sometimes because she was in a room with a guy having to be in a room with one of his friends or all of his friends. It just depends on what the night led to. And so I got myself in a lot more of those situations because of circumstances. And, you know, again, I'm young and I I don't know. I'm I'm going into this cycle and these things are still happening. And when you're we're dealing with those situations, it is hard for you for you to figure out, you know, is this a nice guy? Is this going to happen? I like him. I like being around him, but I don't really want it to go that far. And, you know, I find that that's a, that's the case with a lot of women. We like the, the foreplay of it all, the, you know, the, the rocking up, you know, we appreciate all of that, but sometimes we just don't want to take it to the next level, but because we are enjoying that moment and we're, you know, giving him all of the same energy back, then, you know, in their mind, our bodies are saying yes, even though in our mind, we're like, yeah, I like this, but I just want to put a pause on it after this. You know, I just want to enjoy this moment. And I don't know um, at what point does that say, even when your mouth says no, that because your body says yes, then it is supposed to be a, okay, I'm going to go ahead and move forward with this. And I know sometimes we think we big and bad because I do too, but men are typically physically just stronger than us. So sometimes it's just hard to try to fight that off. And when you put yourself in a situation where even if you were to fight it off, where are you going? You know, and I just used to beat myself up about putting myself in that situation where even when I'm adamant, like I just don't want this to happen, that I I can't leave. And so what changed the cycle for me to want to put my foot down and, and just stand up for myself was, you know, me being in a situation and I was, again, dealing with some dope boys. I'm just going to be honest. And I had been at the house a lot of times, with, you know, at the trap house because that's what it was. And, you know, it's where they sold out of. And this particular night, I normally go over there with my homegirls. But this particular night, and I'm in high school. I think I'm a senior um, around this time. And I go over there, you know, probably again for maybe the seventh or eighth time. No, no big deal. Yes, it was always guns. It was always drugs. There's always somebody coming to the house in and out. It always happened. And so it was something that I was familiar with. You know, I, this is, you know, this is what I know. So it wasn't a big deal. But this particular night, um, no other girls were over there. I was just coming to see the dude that, you know, I was talking to. He came to pick me up. His two friends were over there. And then when I got there immediately, I go to his room and then he says, OK, well, I got to go make a run. So I'm thinking, well, then we got to go make a run. Right. And so I, he said, no, you can't go. 
And then his boys were echoing it like, nah, you can't go. He's going to go make a run. He'll be right back. So I said, okay, you know, I closed his door. I sat there and just watched some TV until he returned. Well, before he returned, his two friends had come in the room with me and was just like, you know, what's up, you know, talking to me or whatever. And, you know, I'm engaging in conversation and they was like, you know, take your clothes off. I mean, it was just random. I mean, that's how rough it was. Take your clothes off. And I was like, no. And, you know, they looked at me like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm not. I was like, you know, so-and-so is going to be back in a second. You know, he's not going to appreciate this. And they were like, what do you mean? You know, and they literally said this corny ass um, (laughs) shit. They said, um, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. And I was like, really? And they and they say, yeah, you know, he knows about it. So, you know, take your clothes off. And so I was like, I'm not taking my clothes off. So he pulls the gun from the back of his, you know, you have the gun like in the back bottom of the back, your back. So he pulls the gun and he puts it to my head and he said, oh, you're going to take your clothes off. So now little backstory of this dude, he, everyone know he was like a woman beater. Like he had been uh, physically abusive to his girlfriend. I've witnessed it. You know, I knew her. She went to high school with me. Um, these boys are again, a little older than us. We were probably 17. They're maybe like 22, 23. And so he was really physically abusive to her. So when he did that to me, I just knew that this dude ain't playing because I, you know, we already knew about him and heard and, and seen him be physically abusive. So I knew that it was going to go down at the end of the day, he was going to get physical and I just didn't want to take it there. So I'm, I tried, I'm talking myself out of, please don't do this. You don't want to do this. Y'all, you know, please don't do this to me. He's going to be back soon I promise I know you're saying he doesn't care but it's not gonna be a good look so he's just like you know I'm tired of playing with you you know and the gun is still there at this point it's not at my head it's just like resting on my he has it like on my leg and so I said all right let me go use the restroom just let me use the bathroom so they let me use the restroom and I don't know if you all are familiar with uh, mobile homes but we were in a mobile home and sometimes in mobile homes the older ones the bathroom the back door to the the trailer is um kind of like right across from the bathroom like in a hallway and so it's um that's how that trailer was set up so I'm in the bathroom and I'm stalling pretty much I'm just I'm in there stalling and I'm like oh my god here I go getting myself in a situation what am I gonna do like I can't do this and so I hear that he's home well he he well you know what I left the part out he actually came home before I went to the bathroom so let me reverse he came the guy that I was I was seeing came back before I went to the bathroom and he confirmed that he knew that that's what they wanted to do and yes he had said that it was okay so at that point that's when I knew I'm sorry that it was going to go down so I asked to go to the restroom and I'm in the bathroom and I'm stalling like okay I know this is going to go down so in my mind, I'm like, okay, what can I do? I know that I could just leave and run because the door is like right across from the restroom. But I'm like, if I leave, where am I going to go? So my aunt lived maybe like a mile away from where I was at. And so it was raining, not like hard, but like a drizzle rain. And so I said, you know what? F it, I'm going. So I opened the bathroom door and I immediately opened the back door and I just start walking. I mean, I wasn't running, but I was briskly like taking a brisk walk, like power walking. And so the guy comes to the door, my guy, he says, where are you going? I'm sorry. I'll take you home. I promise. You know, I'm sorry. Just come back. And I was like, no, I'm not coming back. So I just kept walking. I kid you not. I was probably at my aunt's house, maybe a like 
I'm going to say 20 minutes or so. I called home to, um, at the time, my uh, mom's house. And I just asked my stepdaddy. I begged him, like, just come pick me up and, you know, take me where I need to go. So when I got to my aunt's house, I heard like a bunch of cops and ambulances, but we in the hood. So that happens all the time. Don't you know, when I got to school the next day, my homegirl who was dating um, one of the guys that they, they hang out with, she was like, you know, they had a shootout at the house last night. And I was like, you are you serious? And she was like, yeah. So, I mean, it was just a wake up call for me. What had happened was immediately when I left the house, apparently some guy came back and they got into an altercation with them and they had a shootout. They killed the guy that was at the door and they all got shot. Now they didn't die, but they all got shot. And of course the police came and of course, you know, there was rumors that though there was a girl there that had just left and you know thankfully nobody knew who I was or I didn't get questioned or anything and I didn't know what was going on you know people were always at the door in and out so even if you know it was rumored that that guy had been there earlier that night when I was there and they, they that was true someone came there and he was arguing and fussing with them but again they always do that and so I didn't think of anything but what it dawned on me was that if I had stayed there, if something didn't say to me, you need to leave, then not only would I have been raped brutally, probably, but I probably would have been dead because they had guns and they were shot. So I probably wouldn't have survived that. So that was my wake up call. And that was the moment I realized, like, you got to stop putting yourself in these situations. It is important for you to make sure that you put yourself first. And these situations with these guys are not worth it because number one, they didn't love me. And I don't know what I was chasing at the time, but it wasn't love and I wasn't getting it. And it was about time for me to just stop. And so at that point, I stopped putting myself in those type of dangerous situations, like being by myself and going with strangers and mixing up with guys that I just wasn't that familiar with. So we're going to continue because I do want to share with you all how those experiences, which I hate to say it, I probably got more that I've left out, hadn't mentioned, but we want to be on this podcast journey for a while. So you all will hear a lot from me. But the next uh, part, we'll talk about how it affect me and, and, and how I live with that today. So I will catch you all the next time. As I stated before, I really appreciate you all listening in and joining me and hearing me uh, discuss my, my woes. And so I'll catch you all the next time. Peace.